The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. How does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. It's strange, isn't it, sometimes how each one of our lives or the history of a nation, or the history of the world for that matter, might hinge around one single event or one person. What's even stranger is how often something seemingly insignificant will bring about something of great significance. That's how God works, as we know. God always works through minorities, not majorities. He works through what seems to be nothing to bring about what he wishes to be done. And nowhere is that more evident than in the greatest of us all, the Blessed Mother. She, above all other humans, from the beginning of time to the end, remains unique. This insignificant Jewish woman, even a girl, her late teens, that she should all of a sudden be the person upon which the redemption of the world, the redemption of the cosmos, depends. She is approached by the angel. We've heard that gospel many times throughout the year. But only after she'd been conceived without original sin. She alone did not have that mark on her because of what she was about to become. 
But again, not without her consent. She isn't just some object that God uses. She's a person who possesses freedom as we possess freedom. And so the angel appears to her, tells her what's going to happen, and in fact is asking her. That's the question. Will you do this? We know what the answer is. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done unto me as you say. She answers, and the world is changed in that one moment when God takes human flesh. Today's gospel, she goes out to her cousin, and then she gives us the Magnificat, perhaps the most beautiful of all the New Testament canticles. And she talks about a revolution, not a political revolution, but a spiritual revolution. And she speaks of herself first. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord as no other person can, man or woman. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior once again as no other person can. For he has looked upon his lowly servant. She recognizes what she is. Nothing in the eyes of the world that could care less. Nothing in the eyes of her own people. But from this day, all generations will call me blessed. I often say that to non-Catholics. Have you ever called her blessed? Why not? You're supposed to. She said you would. We do. And then she talks about what God has done for her, how he's turned everything upside down. About his mercy, scattering the proud, casting down the mighty, sending the rich away empty. How he has fulfilled all of his promises in the child she is bearing. Uh, And she remains faithful to the end. So that if she was conceived without original sin, because it was fitting, at the end it is fitting that she would not remain and her body would not decay. And so she is assumed into heaven, body and soul. Interesting, isn't it, that for all the other saints, there's a tradition of where they're buried. Even if we can't always find the body. They, they died in such a, such a place, were buried in such a place, except for the Blessed Mother because she was assumed body and soul into heaven at the moment of her death, because of her beauty, because she so perfectly maintained that image that we were all supposed to have, but sadly lost. When you think of her, you know, we keep, we have this rather idealized picture, don't we? And sometimes we should. She is ideal. She's the ideal mother, the ideal person. But here's a woman who had to be Obedient as no one else was ever obedient. To see what no one else had ever seen. To know her son as no one else could know him. That's why we so love her, because she teaches us better than anybody else how to love him. She leads us to him as all uh, disciples do, and she's the greatest of all disciples. But she had to watch her son be mutilated and crucified, and she had to be there for it. That was her calling. That's how she served God. So, you and I then must do what she did. Remember the question that's always asked, 
What the angel was really saying to her was, will you give God a body in which to suffer and die for the redemption of humanity? Saying the same thing to us. Will you give me a human nature? Give me your human nature, as I want it, in my time, in my glory, and keep moving towards me. I think it was St. Bernard who said uh, something to the effect that God, who created us without our permission, would not recreate us without the permission of Mary. And he got it. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you, rejoicing in the mother of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, under the protection of the Blessed Mother, her members will always be visible signs of her Son. We pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, dedicated to the Blessed Mother, that through the Blessed Mother and coming to know her, they may more perfectly come to the love of her Son and to the redemptive love of God. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, that they may know the intercession of the Blessed Mother in their lives. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost the faith, we pray to the Lord. And on this day in particular, for the legal right and protection of the unborn, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese, those young men and women who, following the Blessed Mother, will become true disciples of the Lord. For greater reverence for the discipleship in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that through the intercession of the Blessed Mother and with devotion to her, they may be visible signs of her Son, and particularly through the sacraments, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are suffering from the scandals, scandals particularly within the church, they may be strengthened to be visible signs of God's presence. They may strengthen the church by their holiness. For all those who have been wounded, for healing, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that through devotion to the Blessed Mother, uh, prayer to her as her sons and daughters, we may truly be disciples of her Son. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Queen assumed into heaven as we sing. Mm-hmm. 